It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, Betting Across America, presented by MGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And I mentioned that we've got drama if you're a Sparty backer playing that three right now. They're getting uh, they're getting laid out a little bit against Purdue 21-7. Boiler up, Wes. Yeah, Purdue uh, Purdue ran that trick play to Anthrop that puts them up 21-7. Sparty pass defense said that would be a weakness, and mm-hmm. so far it is showing that. But uh, trying to run the ball here on Purdue, they are going to have third down. Purdue, by the way, minus 7.5. Plus a buck ten at BetMGM, fifty nine and a half on the total. We are currently at the half in Piscataway, all Wisconsin, thirty one to three. Wow, over Rutgers. Also Oklahoma State, low scoring game. Oklahoma State's defense has really been the strength of the team and really the best in the Big Twelve so far. So good, ten to three. Oklahoma State minus a half for the second half, thirty six and a half on the total. Notre Dame's up ten to three on Navy, but I had a wry smile there because I, as I looked over, I saw they were doing the wave there at Notre Dame Stadium. I was just at the USC game a couple weeks ago. I don't recall the wave being done there. Some people say that the wave is one of the worst things that you can do mm-hmm. at a sporting event. Where, where do you stand on the wave officially? Uh, I'm very ambivalent on the wave. I think in certain settings it's good, but in certain and other settings not so much. By the way, Baylor converts a big fourth down there at midfield to stay alive. Now 13-7 to TCU. TCU under Jerry Kill been very spry early here. They were seven point dogs at the close. And ten nothing Arkansas over Mississippi State, seventeenth ranked Mississippi State, still three three Auburn and Texas A and M. Let's go back out to Mandalay Bay. Adam Burke is standing by, and Adam, very quickly, I have to get your official thoughts on the wave. 
Is that bad fandom or is that good fandom? You know what? I'm not a huge fan of the wave, although up at Miller Park, because the Indians actually had some games snowed out back in 2007, and they played some games up at Miller Park, and they did creative versions of the wave. Oh. They'd start it, they'd reverse it, they'd do slow motion. See? I think if you got some choreography to the wave, I'm a big fan. I'm just not anti-wave like everybody else seems to be. If the kids want to have fun, have fun. Well, uh, you're with a crotchety old man here, Dave. <laughs> So keep that in mind. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's talk about some of these games that we are going to dive a little bit deeper into. And uh, let's start off and talk a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about Clemson against Louisville a little bit more here because Clemson now coming off their first cover of the year last week against Florida State. Now they're going to lay a small number on the road. Adam, let me start off with you. Three and a half against the Ville here. Look, they shouldn't have covered that number last week, right? But they did. Officially, they did with a pitchy-pitchy woo-woo, as Wes likes to point out. What do you make it today against the Ville? Can they cover this small number of three and a half? Yeah, I actually do like Clemson a little bit in this spot here. And, and a big reason why is because so much of Louisville's offense comes from Malik Cunningham and his ability to run away from pressure. You get some designed runs there in that Louisville offense, but a lot of it is just his scrambling ability. And I think Clemson is athletically skilled enough on the defensive side to really contain him. And I think that that's something that, that Venables and Dabo Sweeney are going to really focus on here for this game to the point where I don't think Clemson needs to score a lot of points in order to cover this number, although they certainly could because Louisville's defense isn't that great, not that good against the run. So I like Clemson minus the three and a half here. I know it's kind of an unattractive favorite role with a poor offensive team, but that is what I'm looking at here. Those ugly favorites sometimes end up being the nuts, and you do have one here with Clemson, as Adam points out. 114th, though, in yards per game, 112th in scoring, 111th in yards per play. But go on the other side of that defense, by the way. Only 15.3 allowed per game. That's third in the country, 4.56 yards per play. That's seventh in the country. And look, what Adam points out is absolutely right. I've watched this Louisville team a couple times. Very dependent on that quarterback mm -hmm. to keep plays alive. And if Clemson stacks the box and forces him, hey, we're going to shut you down. We're not going to let you run on us, and we're going to let you go play Chuck and Duck and try to throw him up down the field. This team can still get turnovers. I would lean Tigers here as well. Okay, let's see how that one plays out. Notre Dame right now 10-3 to on Navy. They're trying to get more points. Tulsa is lining up for a field goal here 14 seconds ago before halftime, down 14-9. to and, Adam, very quickly before we get back to some of these other games getting ready to start, uh, this one I felt like was a done deal at 14 nothing. And, whoa, here come the 3-5 the and five hurricane right back in the mix here. We talk about style points. The committee's watching this right now as the sixth-ranked team in, in that college football playoff. Right now they're not getting the job done here to the number, but are you taken aback by what you're seeing out of Cincinnati today? I'm actually not, Dave. You know, I, I wanted to bet Tulsa, but I wound up staying off the game because some people that I respect were on Cincinnati, including a few people here uh, from our Visa network. I think Tulsa's actually a pretty good team. I think they're pretty good offensively. They're a pretty solid defensive team. They're very well coached with Philip Montgomery. And I think that there's this expectation from Cincinnati here that they will blow everybody out, that they will be upset and frustrated with their positioning in the college football playoff ranking. And... Tulsa, I'm not going to say they're playing with house money or free rolling or anything like that, but there really wasn't any pressure on the Hurricane going into this game, whereas I think there was for Cincinnati to try and live up to that expectation. And look, we've seen Cincinnati fall short of expectations a few times here lately. The Navy game that I know Wes was on, uh, that was the last time I was here in studio doing this, and then also that Tulane's game. They didn't look particularly good in that one. So 
I think Cincinnati's playing as a team that's really tight right now with a lot of pressure, and, and I think it's a little bit dangerous to play some of the big favorite roles with them. And speaking of Navy, they just gave up a big one here at the end of the half. Jack Cohn to Kevin Austin, 70 yards down the field. Irish starting to pull away, 17-3. Irish now minus 21 and a half. 42 and a half at BetMGM. Navy really hasn't done a lot offensively. 52 yards did get the first three points, but it's been all Golden Domers ever since. And that field goal is good for Tulsa. So 10 seconds to go before halftime, and all of a sudden you got a football game there in Cincinnati, 14 to 12. Bearcats in the lead there. Okay, Michigan State looks like they're going to go for it in a fourth and two, about a minute to go before halftime, down by 14. Interesting decision there. They could take the three. They're going to try to go for the first down. Let's get to your alma mater, Wes. I can't wait to get your take on this because IU now going to the big house to take on Michigan. Michigan's going to give you almost three touchdowns. Can I interest you in your alma mater uh, plus yeah. 20 and a half? Yeah, it's tough to get me interested based on what I've seen. I'm trying to put my fandom aside of this disappointing Indiana season. Uh, by the way, Donovan McCauley going to be the starter again, true freshman quarterback, kid with a lot of potential, but... Not a lot around him, especially not a lot to protect him on that offensive line. But got it going a little bit in the second half. Uh, they did get in the back door as 38-35. Much better offense. Uh, spot's not really good under for Michigan. But Michigan, as has been pointed out all week, as Harbaugh took another loss to a ranked team up in East Lansing last week. He's a very good bully, though. He beats he beats the teams he should be. Right. And they're 6-2 and two against the number this year. Indiana just 2-6. and six, So... You know, how interested is Michigan? They come in off blowing a lead to their rival, and and that's at least a little bit of a concerning spot from that standpoint. Indiana, I think probably reality has set in a little bit that they are not going to be going to a bowl game unless they win out. And, you know, they, they've been decent as a, in an underdog role against the really good teams uh, with, with Tom Allen. So, uh, you know, as a road dog of about two touchdowns or more, 6-0 and against the spread as a conference road dog under Tom Allen. But you, this Indiana team's battled a lot of injuries, and they're kind of a program that doesn't really have the depth to overcome those injuries. They're not Ohio State, right. or they're not a Wisconsin, or they're not a Michigan, or somebody like that that can overcome that. So, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, with the bubble burst, too, and that's why I don't want to necessarily lay Michigan. So it would be Indiana for or nothing for me, but... When you get that bubble burst, when you lose that first game, we saw it earlier today, SMU losing to Memphis. Absolutely. 28-25, all of a sudden your O goes in the loss column, and then you got to rebound that next week, and it's very tough to do. So it'd be Hoosiers or nothing. I think I'm going to elect nothing. Yeah, this is the hangover spot for me, and I, you see this every week, to your point, Wes. And, and Adam, when I look at Michigan here, and I go, now you got to cover three touchdowns against, no offense, Wes, a bad Indiana football team, right? But I, I do look at it and go, I hope the season doesn't spiral out of control. It's one of my heart plays today. I really don't like it with my head here that Michigan doesn't let this season go by the wayside with a lackluster performance today. What do you break down? How do you break down this one uh, between the Hoosiers and the Wolverines? Yeah, I think it's really fair to consider situational spots like that, and it's something that I do in the NBA, NHL, stuff like that. When a team has a winning streak, they lose a game. I'll go ahead and fade them that next game for exactly the reason that Wes mentioned. That bubble kind of bursts a little bit. That being said, I'll also echo everything that Wes said of, look, Michigan doesn't beat their rivals, doesn't beat the good teams, but they'll beat up on the bad teams. And Indiana is a bad team here this season. So that's why it's no play for me. I don't love the spot for Michigan, but also they are good in this bully situation. And look, we really don't know what the freshman kid's going to do against this Michigan defense playing at the big house. We don't know what the atmosphere will be like in Ann Arbor. So just a lot of unknowns for me that just 
I couldn't get to a play on this game. Yeah, okay, so we'll see how that plays out with Michigan favored by 20 and a half right now. Okay, we talked a little bit about uh, Texas and Iowa State, Adam. I want to get your thoughts on that game as well because, again, Texas early on looked like they are going to be very competitive uh, in the Big 12 this season. Then they've had some disappointing losses, and the season feels like it's gone sideways. Iowa State early on, high expectations. I think they've come off of those expectations a little bit here, now favored uh, by 6.5 at home against the Longhorns. How do you break this one down? Yeah, I actually like Texas plus six and a half here. This was a play I put over at vcin.com in our college football best bets article. I just think this line's a little bit too high. I, I haven't been overly impressed with the body of work for Iowa State, even though from a yards per play standpoint, yards per play differential specifically, they look like a really, really good team. They just haven't necessarily played like one here so far this year. For Texas, three straight one-score losses, but I was really encouraged with some of the things I saw in their game against Baylor where – they did have four turnovers plus a turnover on downs. Four of the five turnovers for them were in plus territory. The only one that wasn't was at the end of the game. So it's just a spot where they have to execute a little bit better. The talent is there. I think Sark's doing a decent job kind of with what he has to work with there in this transitional season. I just think six and a half is a little bit too much in this game. Nice. Yeah, the metrics, I think, are, are obviously favor Iowa State, as Adam uh, pointed out, but... How do you get below above those expectations now where it's like we expected so much more and now we're basically just playing out the season? Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys there. It's hard to handicap that one, but maybe a slight lean towards Texas getting those six and a half. Baylor's left frog in front of TCU 14 to 13. And Sparty got a score on that fourth down play. So 21-14 Purdue, seven seconds to go before halftime. Come on back. We're going to talk Heisman Trophy later on with Dave Miller right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America, and it looks like TCU right now just before the half trying to get the lead back. They trail 14-13 with a minute to play there. Michigan State is down by 7, 21-14 right now against Purdue. And Notre Dame has a 14-point halftime lead against Navy. Yeah, Notre Dame for the second half at BetMGM, minus 7.5, basically 21.5 for the game, so slightly above where it closed. 20.5 for the second half, so that makes an adjusted total of 40.5. Cincinnati for the second half, they're up 14-12 to 12 at the half over Tulsa. Cincinnati minus 11 for the second half, 28 the second half total. All threes down there in the uh, afternoon SEC game between Auburn and Texas A&M. If you had the under, you got there very easily. Uh Second half, 24 on the total. Texas A&M minus 3.5. Oklahoma State 10-3. to Oklahoma State minus a half, 23 for that second half total. And now we're just starting to get some numbers in on a couple of these games. Penn State 7-6 over Maryland. Maryland misses the PAT. Penn State minus 3.5, 27 for the second half in a 7-6 ball game. And also Michigan State trailing Purdue 21-14. Sparty in the second half, minus 1.5, 27 your total. And Arkansas right now up 13-0 on Mike Leach and company at Mississippi State. The game is at Arkansas with Arkansas having that 13-0 lead just outside of halftime there. Let's play our favorite game of buy, sell, or hold. Go back to the SEC for this rendition of, and it's interesting because as we've seen the numbers change, Wes, as we've done this exercise each and every week here at Betting Across America, it starts to get to the point of who's going to win the SEC title game mm-hmm. before you want to make your, your, your play here. So Alabama at plus money at plus 135, are you buy? 
selling or holding. Well, this is where you got a debate here is are you going to be able to get a better number? What is Georgia going to be in that championship game uh, from that standpoint? Like at minus 175, it would almost tell you that would almost like prices out as Georgia is like a around a three and a half or four point favorite. Right. So are you going to be able to get more on Alabama, especially if they end up losing and, and taking another loss yet still winning the West division in the SEC? Because currently the standings, Four and one for Alabama, three and one for Auburn, three and two for Mississippi State and Mississippi, who Alabama has both defeated. So, you know, we'll see how the tiebreakers shake out. But look, if Alabama and Alabama has a more challenging they schedule, do. keep in mind. They do have LSU tonight. They get New Mexico State, obviously no problem next week. But you get Arkansas and then you gotta go to Auburn for the Iron Bowl down there at Jordan Hare Stadium. So a lot easier schedule for Georgia. So I could see maybe that price getting higher. So I would almost wait if I like Alabama on this because you may get a little bit more, especially if they take a second loss and somehow go ahead. Because, look, this is not to make the playoff. This is to win the SEC. That's all it is. Yeah, so all all Alabama would have to do is win that SEC title game. they got to get there first. But I think, look, if they beat Auburn, let's say they lose to somebody like Arkansas, but then they beat Auburn. Alabama is still going to have a lot of the tiebreakers in the SEC West, and they'll still get Georgia. They'll be a two-loss team, basically playing spoiler there. But Mm -hmm. I would wait a little bit if I like Alabama, and and that's what I think the championship game is going to be. Auburn may be the only potential team that I think can play spoiler here. Okay, so West is officially going to hold on Bama at plus 135. Let's go back out to Mandalay Bay and Adam Burke, and I'll give you Georgia here at minus 175 to win the SEC. So, again, obviously you'd like that a lot better if it was to make the college football playoff because it feels like they have a game in hand here, Adam. But what do you make of that now when you look at that number to win the SEC, buy, sell, or hold the Bulldogs? Yeah, I'm going to hold on this one for exactly the reasons that Wes just talked about. Look, the reality is we're very, very likely to get Alabama and Georgia and Atlanta for the SEC championship game. I don't know if Georgia will be a minus-175 favorite in that game. It's a a pretty optimistic line, I think. And also, too, keep in mind that what's going to happen for that SEC championship game is the books are going to get Alabama money line. So that's going to pull down that Georgia money line price a little bit to where maybe Georgia's minus-150 or minus-155 in the SEC championship game, something like that, as opposed to taking this minus-175. We know that they're going to be there, But I think when game week rolls around, that they're probably going to wind up with a better number. Now, of course, this strategy goes out the window if somebody upsets Alabama and they don't get to Atlanta. But I don't really see that being the case here. So I'm going to wait and see if I can get a better price on Georgia Moneyline once that matchup is set, likely against Alabama. Now, let's see if I can interest you guys in some pizza money, as Wes Reynolds likes to say here, with A&M at 80-1. Now, I know it sounds preposterous. But, Adam, let me start out this conversation with you. When you do beat Alabama and you've got that win in tow, is there any scenario here where you could say, all right, yeah, some craziness happens, 80-1 to all of a sudden doesn't look like a bad value play? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, obviously the second half of this game between Texas A&M and and, uh, Auburn is very, very important in that regard. But you look at Texas A&M's remaining schedule, you know, Ole Miss, Matt Corral is banged up. He's nowhere near 100%. We know that. LSU in that last game, uh, who knows what you get from the Tigers there uh, in, in Ed Orgeron's last regular season game. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could throw a small piece of something on Texas A&M at, at 80 to 1. I mean, it is a pretty preposterous number, to be sure. <laughs> but, again, that being said, I, I think that Alabama ultimately you know, does wind up in the title game. But, hey, 80 to 1 is, is a big price here. And even though A&M would be a big dog to Georgia, a fairly big dog to Georgia in that championship game, you'd still have a hedging opportunity. So, yeah, it's it's not a bad look on your part, Dave. And A&M does have that tiebreaker, of course, with the outright win. Right. And look, uh, one of the ways to play this, because you are going to get maybe some small line variants, and this is kind of, you know, depending on obviously the amount you bet. If you're a very small better, then probably not worth it. If you're laying down some decent money here, you can get various scalps and kind of compare from books to books. Uh you know, out of sponsor considerations. We're not going to mention sure. some of the other ones out there, but you can search. Uh, you know, I've seen Alabama like plus 140, plus 150 to miss the playoff. You can see them probably potentially get higher to win the SEC than what you have uh, uh, currently at 135. I think there's look else, look out there and see what you can find in terms of scalping if that's what you elect to do. But, you know, if Alabama, obviously Alabama controls their destiny. They went out, and I think Auburn is their biggest challenge mm-hmm. of those remaining two uh, with Arkansas and Auburn. Auburn, of course, is right there. Obviously, they are in a dogfight right now, all tied at three, just about to come back for the second half. So that spread, by the way, was Texas A&M minus three and a half for the second half. 24 is your total at BetMGM, so an adjusted total of 30 for the game. You mentioned Auburn here, Wes, and they are 40-1 to to win the SEC. But again, you do have the game coming up in the Iron Bowl there, which could ultimately potentially catapult you with that win into the SEC title game. So, Wes, let me start off with you here with Auburn. And again, they are in a, in a dogfight right now with A&M. The two teams with the longest odds at 40-1 to and 80-1 to potentially be to upset the apple cart here. What do you make of Auburn and, and the season they're having and the potential here for a long shot at 40 to Well, look, I think Bo Nix has shown some improvement this year. He is obviously very much maligned because of uh, turnover issues. And I never really thought that he fit into Gus Malzahn's system necessarily. That's a lot of zone read and a lot of that stuff. Bo Nix, I think, is more, even though he can run, is more of a pocket passer. I think, I think, you know, and I know saying this, keep in mind that they barely have over 100 yards of offense in the first half and only three points. But I do think... And Texas A&M's defense has a lot to do with that. But I think Bo Nix is really better in this Brian Harson system. And he's kind of starting to figure it out a little bit. He's been very good at home. He was very good for me last week against Ole Miss, where they got that win, didn't turn the ball over. He's against a lot better defense, though, today in the Aggies. All right, we'll see how that one plays out uh, in the second half. But very quickly, Adam, to that end about Auburn, is that worth the fire? To me, it feels like A&M, obviously the better value at 80-1, to uh, what do you see at 40-1 to one there? Yeah, you know, it's it's a possibility. I mean, obviously, you know, the Iron Bowl is, is sort of the deciding factor there. You know, when I was on a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Auburn, you know, from a future standpoint and then wrote an article over at vison.com about a money line rollover on them instead because they had no margin for error. They were going to have to run the table. They had some tough games left against ranked opponents that would have paid off better than a futures price would have. I didn't actually do it, but I did write about the concept at least over at vcin.com for people to read about. So there was a method to the madness, and you know I think that there still is. It's just very difficult to see them getting past Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like a, a tough road to hoe, that is for sure. Okay, right now TCU does have a halftime lead over Baylor, 16-14. to 14. Uh, Oklahoma State holding on to their 10-3 to 3 lead in the third quarter against West Virginia. And AM against Auburn, they've just started the third quarter there, still knotted up at 
three. When we come back, Dave Miller is going to join the program here. Talk Heisman Trophy and any changes that we've seen with the play that we've seen so far on this Saturday. Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VEASAN.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America. And when we talk about tracking props... My goodness, every Saturday right here on Betting Across America, you've seen it happen in real time. You start watching games, and, well, this player's value, Sam Hartman, you noted that today. His numbers come way down. We're going to get right into it right now with Dave Miller. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Miller underscore Dave, Field 11 Media, Heisman voter as well. So, Dave, let's talk about what we've seen so far. We're only at halftime between Sparty and Purdue, but Kenneth Walker III is doing Kenneth Walker III type things, and we're seeing a subtle move on his number already up to 3-1 to one to be the Heisman Trophy winner. What do you make of that move after a half of football? Yeah, his numbers have been really solid today. I think he was at like 10 rushes for 62 yards on uh, one of their drives, and then Sparty faced the fourth and two, down 14, they went for it, and Kenneth Walker, the third, took it to the extra touchdown on a fourth and two play. The guy's a special player. He entered today, in my mind, as kind of the number one guy, obviously leading the nation in rushing yards per game at about 150, uh, averaging close to seven yards a carry. I, the game last week was just, you know, we, t- we talk all the time about highs and lows and stuff, and sometimes it gets blown out of proportion. But what he did in the second half last week, and you know, not to take anything away from Michigan State, because Mel Tucker's doing a fantastic job, but you know they didn't look fantastic against Indiana. They found themselves down 16. I thought they were a little overranked in the CFP, not to take anything away from them being undefeated, but what Kenneth Walker was able to do, put the offense on his back. I mean, this was a run game. I'm pretty sure Michigan State did not score a rushing touchdown last year. Granted, it was a six-game season. <laughs> wow. He's just completely trapped. Yeah, I'm pretty, I heard that say, I'm like, wow, is that serious? Granted, six games or whatever. Um, but Kenneth Walker has completely transformed an offense that was averaging like two yards a carry last year. Yeah, and we are currently seeing him at 3-1, to one, just a little bit under 100 yards in the first half and does have a touchdown. So still 30 minutes ago at Ross-Aid Stadium in West Lafayette to inflate those numbers. Uh, Dave, want to get your impressions of a guy we did see in the early window today, and that was C.J. Stroud, who... Yeah, had 405 passing yards and two touchdowns. Also had two interceptions. And I know when you look at the stats, it's like, oh, my God, Ohio State dominated the game. If that game was better managed by Scott Frost in Nebraska, that would have got real dicey for the Buckeyes. And Stroud, I haven't seen an adjustment on his price today. Still 9-2. to two. I don't want to say he's dead on the board, but I don't think... The numbers are going to look gaudy, but if you watch that game, it was not a very good game for C.J. No. Stroud today. No, you're right. And there was, you know, we had the Wake Forest Carolina game. I was watching on the Air Force. But, no, I was flipping back and forth. 
Of course, they didn't have Garrett Wilson, but I kind of feel like you kind of Stroud probably would have known that he wasn't playing because he was banged up all week. Um, there was also a, a first and ten, I think, with a minute thirteen left. Ryan Day called for a pass play when you're trying to bleed clock. Stroud actually fumbled, and it was recovered by Ohio State. Did not look great. Uh, his last four games coming in, fifteen touchdowns, obviously leading the nation's top offense, forty-seven points a game. It's one of those things where I think the last time I talked to you guys, it was trending in C.J. Stroud's direction. I wouldn't give up on him if you can find a number you'd like. Keep in mind, he's got some pretty massive Big Ten games coming yes. up. He didn't, do, yeah, he didn't do himself any favors today, and you're right. God, poor Scott Frost. The guy, he's, he's, he's too much inside his head because Nebraska's got to start winning these games. But, yeah, I wouldn't give up on Stroud if there's a number that – you know, that you can win some money on. I maybe play with him because he's got these massive Big Ten games coming up. But now it does feel like maybe 2022 would be a, a Stroud play. And you look, Dave, uh, today, of course, uh, mentioned that Garrett Wilson was out. But uh, it was the kid uh, Smith and Jigba, if I'm pronouncing that name right, who is the backup wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, backups at Ohio State are usually four or five-star Pretty kids. Good. The backup here, 15 catches for 240 Woo! yards and a touchdown. So it's like... Do, do people kind of look at that and say, well, look at the weapons he's got, right. for God's sake. He's going to put up these huge numbers. So uh, Stroud now, 450. Also, Matt Corral has kind of drifted up, and we kind of mentioned last week that he's reached his peak, now plus 450. But, Dave, let me ask you about another guy who has a lot of big games coming up, and that's Caleb Williams at plus 850. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I saw that, too. Plus 850, Caleb Williams now, based on – people in the industry, they, they're not going to give him um, any, they're not going to shaft him for missing a few games and not being the starter. That, that's over. We've passed that. We've seen the talent now where we're going to forgive him for not starting those first few games. I think Caleb Williams has the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma turn it on factor working in his favor, meaning, you know, Oklahoma comes in at number eight in the CFP. I'm not arguing with it. I, I had them a, a little bit higher, but you, got, you kind of got the chip on your shoulder now. Lincoln Riley, we've seen this before where Oklahoma doesn't look so good and then they turn it on. And once again, Oklahoma's the number four seed in the CFP. I think the Oklahoma will turn it on factor is working in Caleb Williams. Uh, uh, you know, at plus 850, I'm sorry, there's, there's buzz about him being the best player in the country, maybe outside of the Kenneth Walker. I think he's very well in the mix. All right, let's talk. Let's just go back in time about 90 minutes ago, Dave, okay? And Wake Forest has got a 17-point lead in the third quarter against North Carolina. They're going to win. They're going to stay undefeated, go to 9-0. and And Sam Hartman, his Heisman number, is just getting slashed by the touchdown. Okay? Now, sadly, we have to fast forward. They blow that lead. They blow that game. Hartman has a fantastic game in the losing effort. I do wonder, though, that does it feel like that that opportunity – to take that long shot in Hartman at, at Wake Forest is gone because of the loss. Because I just get a feeling that had they won, it would have been an actual conversation this week. Because they lost, is that no longer a conversation? Dave, this is an insane case study. Because this was a guy I looked on Thursday, plus 4,000, Sam Hartman. Oh. Um, yeah, undefeated Wake Forest, 8-0 for the first time ever. Go, you know, a chance down the line to play at Clemson. And again, I know Clemson is not a top 25 team, but it's still a Clemson defense. You know, we saw what Kenny Pickett did to heighten his resume. 
today, Sam Hartman accounted for seven touchdowns, seven, but he threw a pick that allowed UNC to tie it and then eventually Guys, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wake Forest has outscored 24 nothing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, the offense just, you know, two interceptions and then Hartman 49% completion percentage. It, it really stinks for the kid. Now, I, I think Wake Forest has a chance to run the table. Again, this, should, this shouldn't always be about team success. I, for me, for me, this, this kid should not get penalized too much. He kind of, I mean, the guy, the guy, Clearly, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the nation. You know, it, it sucks though because you, you can make an argument that if Wake Forest had held on to that game, depending on what happens in West Lafayette, I mean, coming into today, Walker and Hartman were my one-two. No offense to Bryce Young, but I just there was so much buzz for these two guys, and I think yeah, the, the shines off the armor a little bit for Hartman, and it's a shame. Dave, one price that I think might attract money from betters, considering the team, we were talking about team success, and right now they're having it, even though they're in dogfight here and early in the fourth, third quarter. Desmond Ritter, 35-1, to 1, but that seems dead on the board to me. I just don't think when you look at these other guys like Hartman, what Pickett is doing, what Williams is doing at Oklahoma, man, that just seems like you're throwing some money away if you're going with Ritter, 35-1. to 1. Wes, I think you're right. I, you know... I hate to say it, but I think I think we're over Desmond Ritter. Heisman <laughs> voters. It's just one of those things where, yeah, you just mentioned when you're comparing when you're comparing, you know, the Caleb Williams, even a CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, clearly Sam Hartman. There's just you know, and then since it's almost like you know, with Wake Forest now losing, Cincinnati's chances increase a little bit. Maybe a Michigan State drop. I just feel now, like, I think I spoke a couple weeks ago where maybe Ritter would get the benefit of the doubt if Cincinnati's shut out of the CFP. Now I feel like there's so much coverage about getting Cincinnati into the CFP where it's almost like, okay, we're done with Desmond Ritter now. So, yeah, there's just too much for him, I think, to overcome. The numbers are solid. They're sound. But they're just a little too pedestrian when compared to some of these other guys. All right, Dave, have about 30 seconds to go here. Just very quickly, right now, as it stands today, with no more data points coming in, who would be your Heisman Trophy winner if you had to give it out this second? I got to go with Kenneth Walker, you guys. It, it, it's maybe a little bit of a combination of a story, a guy who was good at Wake Forest but never started. But he just completely revolutionized. Michigan Michigan State's defense is pretty porous, and so they're winning with offense. Kenneth Walker, what he did last week and what he's you know doing today on the fourth and two play, he was my lead guy coming in, and he stays a lead guy. All right, you got to follow Dave at Miller underscore Dave as we do. Dave, always appreciate the time and the insight. It's amazing talking about a Wake Forest current quarterback and a former Wake Forest running back in the Heisman Trophy discussion. <laughs> it is wild. Come on back. One more segment to go of this edition of Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Right now, new customers have a chance to win 200 bucks in free bets when they place a $10 wager on Kamara Usman, the champ, to defend his title tonight. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Get ready to start turning knockouts into payouts. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if Usman, the champ, wins tonight. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. You mentioned that always Wes Reynolds here betting across America, that the end of the first half, the beginning of the second half, very key, obviously, in winning football games. Purdue, 
Not so good at the end of the first half and not a great start to the second. Yeah, and uh, now Purdue does have it driving. Actually, Michigan State gave him a gift there with a 15-yard personal foul, and now Purdue just outside of the Sparty 30-yard line. Now, Purdue's able to throw the ball there as they're going to take a big sack there, though, lose a few yards. But Purdue is now in the territory. I believe Michigan State was just minus one and a half. That field position flip did switch at BetMGM. So now 21 to 21, and, you know, it more applies in the NFL, but it's that middle eight Michael Lombardi always talks about. Mm -hmm. Michigan State goes for it, gets a touchdown late in the first half. Meanwhile, Purdue fumbles. Xander Horvath fumbles the ball, and then Michigan State gets for a touchdown. But Michigan State's trying to give them a score here. Two straight personal fouls on two consecutive plays, and now Purdue, uh, they're going to review and see if that's targeting, but nevertheless, that's going to put Purdue, I think, in the red zone here. And Cincinnati, by the way, two quick touchdowns in the third quarter, only six minutes into the third quarter. They've already got 14 on the board, so it's 28-12 now as the Bearcats. They're getting a little scared there at halftime, 14-12, now up by 16 in that game. And Oklahoma State is sitting all over West Virginia, 17-3, defense dominant so far for the Cowboys as they travel to Morgantown, 17-3. Yeah, it's a different era in Stillwater now. It is all defense for Mike Gundy's guys. And this was a West Virginia team that had won a couple in a row, upset TCU, upset Iowa State. Jarrett Dagey, uh, not so uh, not so pleasant on the other side of the ball trying to move that ball. and I'm trying to get on the board against Auburn. No touchdowns yet in that game. Five minutes ago in the third quarter, three all at this juncture. Seven sacks, by the way, for Oklahoma Ooh. State. About four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Gentlemen, let's talk about the uh, night slate here as we welcome back in Adam Burke from Mandalay Bay. And I, the team that I've just probably been the most confused about all year long clearly has been USC. Now, I kind of said to USC at the beginning of the year, you know, Clay Helton, how much longer? You, you knew it was an expiration date. Didn't realize it would be midseason, early in the season. Really nothing has changed a whole lot since his departure. Right now, they're getting nine against Forks Up at Arizona State. Adam, let me start off with you for this one. Is there any way you would back the Trojans in that nine, nine and a half right now at, at Ben MGM? No, there's absolutely no way I'd back USC in this game. And, and the reason why is because Drake London is out for the year. Drake London, their star wide receiver, could be a first-round pick, uh, even with the fractured ankle that he suffered. But London is a guy that has over 40% of their catches, over 43% of their receiving yards. We know they've had problems running the football the last few years. It's been a little bit better this season, but still not to the point where I think USC's offense is going to move the ball effectively tonight against Arizona State, or really in any game moving forward without London. Arizona State, 10th in yards per play differential among or against FBS opponents. Look, they're a much better team than they've played here so far. They've had some turnover issues. They had a lot of turnover issues last week. Uh, I think Arizona State is in a pretty good spot here. You'll have a very raucous, liquored-up crowd down in Tempe <laughs> for this night game. They should have a good home-field advantage here tonight. And as I said, USC without London, they can't outscore teams anymore. And they have to because they've given up over six yards per play. So I took Arizona State earlier in the week, minus 8.5. And I still think it's worth a play here unless we get up over double digits. If I had to, I would play the Sun Devils. But obviously, they are off laying an egg last week against Washington State. And it's like, you know, there have been some of those recruiting investigations with Arizona State. And and I haven't really seen anything materialize yet from the NCAA. It kind of, they'll rule randomly on some of these things, kind of like they did for Oklahoma State uh, just a week ago in college basketball. But... It would be Arizona State or nothing. To Adam's point about Drake London, he is, a, you know, maybe could potentially be a first-rounder. He will play on Sunday for sure. And him being out of the lineup I think is hurtful to them and their cause. 
you wonder USC's mental state, too, now that they're with the interim coach. Who's going to be the coach next year? Right. Who's coming in? Where are we going to be? Am I going to be going to the transfer portal? Am I going to be going to the draft? Or what have you? ASU's defense, uh, much better. Not only not having to deal with London, only give up 331 a game. USC, offensively, I think is going to really struggle here. Would lean Arizona State, but, man, you got to question uh, – what their focus is going to be after that egg they laid last week. My I can't goodness. think that they would not at least come focused here with uh, the Trojans on the other side. Seem to agree with you guys on that one. I would play Arizona State or stay away. Let's talk about a game closer to home here with Nevada. Uh, laying 11 against San Jose State. So, Wes, let me start off with you on this handicap here. What do you make of Nevada now at home laying over a, a touchdown in the field? Yeah, UNR is off a couple big wins, uh, the uh, Nevada Wolfpack, of course. They beat Hawaii. They they lose it against Fresno State. They did backdoor late and covered the game. Then they uh, painted the cannon blue, the Fremont <laughs> Cannon, the UNLV-Nevada rivalry. And right now you look at uh, Nevada. They are a half game back of Fresno State. Fresno State did beat them. Nevada got in backdoor for the cover a couple weeks ago. But look, uh, you wonder also some things that's going to play in at the end of the year in terms of coaches, where they're going to be moving. Jay Norvell seems like he's going to move to a bigger job mm. than Nevada. So when you start hearing that stuff, you kind of worry a little bit uh, about a team's focus. And meanwhile, San Jose State, all of a sudden, this is a team that's won a couple in a row. They beat UNLV, not an impressive feat, but it's a win. Sure. They beat Wyoming last week. So they have won their last couple games because they, they've had injuries in Starkle, the quarterback was out, so they were having to go with the backup for a little while. Now it looks like Starkle is going to be back. I'm going to make sure and check on that injury. But he did return for a little bit last week uh, against uh, Wyoming. So small lean, I guess, here to San Jose State for me. Nevada, I think, is the better team. And obviously Nevada has a lot of room to move in terms of uh, trying to catch Fresno State, who clearly... They have a little bit of a tussle tonight against Boise State, Fresno State Lane 5. Nick Starkle still listed as questionable with the arm injury for San Jose State. All right, let's go to the uh, last game of the board on the board for the evening. That would be San Diego State Lane 7 against Hawaii. And Adam, why don't we start off with you on this one? Hey, it's late. You've had a rough day potentially out there, and people are looking for that last game to bet on the board. What do you make of this last matchup? Yeah, the, the good old chase game out on the rock here. <laughs> few different things that I'm kind of looking at here. The first is it looks very windy in Honolulu tonight. We've seen this total kind of crash down a little bit here. Maybe it's gone back up while we've been recording. I'm not sure. But we did see it go down a little bit earlier on in the week and in the middle portion of the week with that weather forecast. Also, as we know, San Diego State just very limited offensively. Hawaii, they throw the football around quite a bit. And that's something that Fresno State had success with against San Diego State last week. San Diego State has not faced a whole lot of good passing offenses so far this season. I don't know if I'd call Hawaii good, but they're certainly better throwing the football than a lot of the teams that the Aztecs have played. But what will that win do? Will that win alter the game plan too much for the Rainbow Warriors here tonight? So even though it's a chase game, even though it's fun to kind of have that late night action, I don't have anything on this one, but again, I'd pay attention to that weather forecast and see if that's something that does alter the total some more. Yeah, Cordero is back at quarterback for Hawaii, but didn't really make a difference last week, 51-31. to 31. The Hawaii defense the last three weeks, you kind of feel like they're starting to poop out a little bit. They gave up 34 at Nevada. 
They gave up 48 to New Mexico State. Mm. They gave up 51 in Logan to Utah State. Now, San Diego State, as Adam mentioned, not exactly an offensive juggernaut. And they were favored at home. This was a ranked team and still a ranked team that Brady Hoke has and got beat at home 30-20. to 20, uh, didn't do anything with this one. I think seven is about the right number, and the total looks right to me. Okay, so we've got about 90 seconds to go. Adam, I want to say thank you for everything you, you've done for us all afternoon long out there at Mandalay Bay. Enjoy the rest of the games tonight. We'll catch up with you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Adam. Uh, very quickly, looks like an injury update here in Texas A&M before we say goodnight to the quarterback. Uh, they just get him back a couple weeks ago, and they look like they get this team an offense rolling, and it looks like we potentially could have the backup scenario coming in for AM again. Yeah, remember they lost Haynes King earlier this season, so now it's Zach Calzada. So obviously keeping up to date is third and goal for the Aggies. About five minutes left to go, all tied at three. We also do have another lead change in West Lafayette. Purdue gets in the end zone. The Spartans' personal fouls aided that drive, so now the Boilers up 28-21. Boilers minus 3.5, 72.5 on the total. And Navy hanging in there for you, only down 17-6 to as they have the waning seconds of the third quarter to go. Uh, had a blast, as always. Thanks to Ron Flatter, to Matt Hayes, Jimmy Out, Mike Peranio, uh, and, of course, Dave Miller for joining us, and Adam Burke doing a great job all afternoon long. Wes, always enjoy it. Enjoy the Stones concert tonight. You bet, man. All right, we'll see Absolutely. you back here tomorrow right here on the Green Zone. Brady and James got you covered for the NFL the rest of the way. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.